You're listening to episode 163 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hope you are doing well this week. We have another fantastic interview. This one is with JP, James Poulter, who is the founder, CEO of Vixen Labs, an incredible voice agency. And we're going to get into all of that. But just before we do that, I want to give you a reminder. Next week... April 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific. It is the 12th episode of The Voice Den, and we have a very, very special episode planned. Uh, I have some incredible guests, one of which is a mystery guest, and there's going to be a special after-party experience, something brand new, Uh, and I believe this is the very first time that we will be experiencing this as a voice community together. So it's a little bit of a surprise, Can't give it all away yet, but just please go to thevoiceden.com to reserve your seat. And as always, uh, it is free thanks to the generous sponsorship of Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So thank you to both of those companies. Let's get on with today's episode. Today, again, like I said, we've got JP, uh, the CEO of Vixen Labs, uh, joining us. He is incredible when it comes to uh, voice technology in general. He is so knowledgeable. He is such a fantastic strategist. He's got all the tips and tricks when it comes to building your voice application, when it comes to marketing. And uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this. He talks about the report that was put out by his company, Vixen Labs, called the Voice Commerce Report. He goes into a lot of the key insights. And I think you'll be very interested in hearing his perspective and what this uh, report showed. So uh, without any further ado, let's get right to the interview. Here is JP otherwise known as James Poulter from Vixen Labs. JP, great to have you here. Um, who Good are you? you guys. What's the deal with you? Who are you? What What is your story? Yeah, um, I'm James Poulter. Uh, like you say, most people know me as JP. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Vixen Labs, which is, uh, we believe, one of Europe's and one of the world's leading voice consultancies and design studios. We've been around now for which is it's crazy to say, but nearly two years now, uh, coming up on our two-year anniversary um, just after Christmas. And uh, yeah, we work with global brands to help them work out what voice means for them uh, from setting strategy, building apps, and uh, for our partners at Amazon and Google, and uh, yeah, doing a lot of work in the marketing space as well. So how do you kind of promote and actually make voice you know, content and, and applications found? Um, and outside of that, I'm a father to two girls, husband to a wife who's uh, diligently put up with me under the lockdown and uh, yeah kind of trying to push I suppose you know what the bounds of kind of innovation might mean like how do we build innovative cultures and businesses that's the thing that's always fascinated me um, having been inside big businesses and in agencies and and you know kind of varying contexts before as well in the the charity and and uh, religious and public sector so yeah um, that's what uh, that's what keeps me going each day trying to solve problems. Fantastic. Yeah, a great, great intro. Ian, I know we have had a chance to uh, hear uh, and, and meet JP a number of times over the, the course of the last couple of years, which is which is great. Um, what's going on uh, with uh, your thoughts and questions for JP? 
Well, JP and his team produce a lot of incredible services and products and information. And I think, JP, you and your team at Vixen Labs have approached some of the ways that you've supported voice tech industry differently than most, right? A lot of people like Gary and myself will jump on and do some live streamed interviews or will, you know, you look at Bradley and Pete and their peers that are doing events, which you've been very involved with. But for mm -hmm. Vixen, you've approached the ability to foster community and to just inform, educate the industry uh, in a different way. Uh, it reminds me more of an agency uh, approach with your background at Ogilvy and the fact that VIX is an agency makes sense. Could you just talk a bit about some of the things you've brought to market recently? Um, instead of me mentioning you speaking to him, could you just talk a bit about some of the things you've brought to educate the uh, voice tech community to build community around this content? I think we would really value for yeah, well, I mean, in the past couple of years, since we started out, our whole attitude was that if we see very much that voice at the moment is at the same kind of position that probably social media was a decade ago, or the mobile app industry was in a similar time period, which is that people are beginning to stop saying about, should I do this? It's more about how I should do this. It's becoming a kind of a foregone conclusion that voice will have some level of impact and influence on their business. But most people still find that really difficult to navigate. And I think that we've kind of hit that trough of disillusionment earlier in the year in that kind of Gartner hype cycle where you know, people had done a lot of innovation. They tried projects and they had had some level of success with them. But most of the time, they hadn't really kind of hit the mainstream because marketing hadn't followed behind those experiments right people have tried stuff but didn't really hit scale and so what we've seen in this past year is that the big focus for us has been to try and bring uh, data and insight and projects that kind of can have that scale uh, and show the real use cases where voice is going to drive commerce and, and make the wheels of business turn is the, the phrase i kind of like to use around it so it's not just about buying stuff via voice apps to make them worthwhile far from it but it could be that there is an opportunity to not just make money, but save money with voice. Um, I think that what we've been focused on through uh, things like the voice commerce report that we launched in October, uh, which is our inaugural piece of research, focused very much around the use cases when it comes to voice and commerce. Uh, we're doing just that. We're trying to educate the market on what the opportunities are across the different sectors that we all know are, are obvious places to, to look. Things like finance, things like education, things like food delivery, retail. Um, and we're going to be bringing more of that research in the coming year as well as we begin to expand to multiple markets and, and other uh, disciplines. And the reason we've done all of that is we want to show people that there's much more to voice than just trying to port what you currently have on your mobile app into a voice app. If you take that approach, you're probably not going to get very far because it's a different medium and people want different things from it. And that's what we're trying to educate the market about right now. Great. You, met, you mentioned the, uh, the report, JP, which is really interesting. Um, can you share some of the, the key findings that you found in that report? Because you found some, some yeah. like I say, some really interesting things. Well, I think the one that matters probably for most people listening to this is that voice purchases and voice commerce is happening. So in the UK, uh, we did an independent study with a, with a research company to look at the UK market. Um, we think that's pretty indicative of where other major developed markets are at the moment. And we found that 40% of people are making purchases via voice, actual purchases. That might be digital content, that might be subscriptions, or it might be physical goods being purchased on you know, other platforms. Um, but what's more interesting, I think, than just the purchases 
voices is the way in which people are using voice as part of that commercial journey. And so we found that 70% of people are looking for specific information about brands and businesses. So they're actually searching for information about brands. They're searching for information about businesses. And this is a real problem because I think for you know nine out of 10 brands out there, if you go and ask them, have you thought about how your content surfaces when someone asks for it with their voice? Most of them are going to say, no, it's not on my agenda. Or, I haven't done anything about it. And one of the big things that we're now beginning to really push into is what does it mean for your brand to rank for what we call position zero? That that single result that Google is going to read out, that single result that Alexa is going to read out, because you know, you're not getting the 10 blue links and that opportunity to advertise at the top of that list. So there is no position one. You've got to go for position zero, the only one that's out there. Um, and we're seeing you know, from our data. Brands and businesses, that's what people are looking for information about. Everything from opening times to stock availability to location information uh, to, you know, like preference data. So things like what's the best credit card for me or where is like what's the best hamburger I can buy in my local area. Those types of you know, use cases are the types of things people are asking their smart speakers or asking Google Assistant or Siri on their phone uh, and increasingly in the car and in their headphones. And, and as that all moves that direction, uh, you know, we need brands to wake up to there's a ton of ways of answering that question. Um, we can probably get into what some of those are, but you know that that needs to become not just something to think about at some point in the future. That that's a core problem. It's happening now. You know, it's already here. Great, great. Well, you you I mean, you kind of <laughs> cheers. You kind of alluded to that question. So let, let's talk about that. So the ways that brands <clears throat> can be addressing those common questions that people are asking. What are you what are you advising people about that? I try and take a holistic approach to it. I think, you know, um, there's some amazing companies out there building fantastic voice experiences, you know, Alexa skills, Google Assistant Actions. We're doing that as well. It's a large part of our business. But beyond that, I think, you know, there are many ways that you can answer a search query today, but there are probably four main ways. You know, one, if someone's asking a search query on a voice device, uh, or in a text manner or chat manner on, on Google Assistant on their phone, for example, yeah, you know, you're either going to get a SERP, right, a search engine results page, 10, 10 blue links, you're, or more likely now as Assistant basically takes over Google search, you're going to get a position zero result. You're going to get the Assistant to read something to you. And that's going to come from somewhere like a piece of content. That's going to come from a web page. It's going to come from a video. Um, it might be coming from a directory service like IMDB or Wikipedia or some other other knowledge place. And those are things that you can influence. That that search result page, we've known how to influence that for a long time. That position zero result can now also be influenced through a, a number of means. Optimizing your content, optimizing your web pages, uh, and implementing some of the kind of custom frameworks that are out there from Google now for things like FAQs, how-tos, recipes, podcasts, and others. So those those are kind of the three ways. And the fourth is then obviously custom answers, so custom applications. And that's when you get into the more conversational actions and, and Google, um, you know, Google Actions and Alexa skills, uh, which can go that degree further of helping people answer that question. But it's not any more just about build a skill or build an action there are many ways of answering that question and the big thing for us when we're talking to businesses is to say well what is the most helpful way of answering that question for your user because that's the thing people are going to want to do and um, just because you can build it doesn't mean you should <laughs> uh, and and more often than not people want these quick answers particularly as you begin to think about these emerging use cases of on your head 
phones when you're walking down the street or if you're in the queue at drive through or if you're driving down the motorway you don't necessarily have the concentration to do a multi-turn conversational experience you want to get the answer and move on um, and if you are a brand and you own that answer then you need to be optimizing that wherever it exists it can't just be build a build an action those are some great great tips it's really interesting to hear that so you've got to really be thinking about it up front when you're, when you're putting your content out there if you want to be absolutely like you say, yeah. position zero that's good that's a really good i like that concept position zero it's not position one i really like that um one of the other things that that i know came up in the report which i find interesting and maybe to get your comments on are the demographics like the number of parents specifically yeah why did you like why did you break things down in that way and maybe just some comments on on that well, we we asked um, when we asked our, our panel of respondents. Uh, you know, we asked them, "Are you um, are you single? Are you living with someone else? Are you house on multiple occupancy? Do you have uh, kids under certain age ranges? Are you an empty nester, or are you you know kind of an older person who's you know had them fly the coop?" Um, and so we asked that across all of the questions. But one of the things we found when we looked at the data was that on all categories of voice commerce, whether that's searching for brand information making purchases, uh, ordering food, um, or things like listening to an audio book, um, you know, all of the, so really from discovery through to consumption, right, um, and purchase somewhere in the middle, parents um, and families over-index in all of those categories. And I think a large part of that's been driven, obviously, by the pandemic. People are looking for more things to get done. But it's also, you know, we all have kids uh, here as, as three dads of, of multiple children. You know, like you are looking for things to make things easier and get things done. Um, and I think, you know, whether, you know, wherever you are in the world, I think that's pretty much true. Uh, and people are looking to voice devices to, to help them do that. People are, 60% of people in the, in the survey said that they are looking to automate tasks in their daily life with voice and this is what i mean about you know it, it's not about trying to replicate your mobile app into a voice app right if you tried to do everything your mobile app did in voice the conversation would probably be like a, a 20 minutes long and no one would stick it out for, mm -hmm. for many of the things that you might try and do once you'd listed all the options right um but what we do see is that people and particularly families are trying to automate the things they do every day so not the thing that they do once in a while deep it's the thing they do every day those little moments throughout the day and you know everyone who's got you know kids certainly young kids you know it's those routine moments right your house lives on routine if you've got young children they'll certainly ask or we try to i mean whether or not it works is a different discussion but we try and make it work um and that's what parents are looking for they're looking for things to help you know, get kids out the door in the morning they're looking for them how do they keep them at the dinner table and without being shoving an ipad in their face you know we've all had to do that a bit more probably in the past six months and we like um you know bedtime routine teeth brushing all of these things and and all those reminders that go with you know kind of when's class starting what's the next zoom i've got to log into and everything in between so um parents definitely are leading the way but what's really interesting is that if you go not just the parents but in younger if you look at the 18 to 24 year old demographic who typically aren't parents uh, more often than not um you know they are the ones that are the most natural for using voice and they are most naturally using voice on their phones. So they don't tend to be the household owner. They don't tend to own the devices in the household. That tends to be led by parents or, or older adults. But younger adults, they're using, you know, 96% of the people responding in the 18, 24 demographics say they're using Siri on their phone every day. 
I mean, you know, that is yeah. huge amounts of adoption. Um, and so voice on mobile, that's the training wheels for voice everywhere else as these adults become, you know, kind of into the workplace and into other walks of life. Um, and so I think that's the one to watch, particularly if you're trying to target younger, younger consumers. Great. Well, we've got a, we've got a question here. Uh, perfect question to put up here from uh, Dr. Leung says, is the report slash survey results available? Where can, where can someone get it if they want to have a look at it? Well, Terry, let me tell you, that's... <laughs> That's something you can do. Um, <laughs> share, you can please, just, share uh, yeah. please share. Yeah, I'm sure Terry can drop the link uh, wherever you find this. But um, yeah, the, the executive summary as well as our uh, short film that we did about the, the survey results is all available over on our website. It's vixenlabs.co slash VCR if you want to get to the really quick link, the voice commerce report. Uh, that acronym is not lost on me on why that's there. <laughs> Great. VCR was the technology that won out, right? VHS and VCR, it beat Betamax, and I believe the same is true of true of voice in the future. So um, there you I'm go. hoping that that rings true. Ian, let's get you in here. Uh, questions, comments for JP? Well, everybody, I would say that JP has shared a lot of really good insight. <laughs> yes. In this video, to watch a couple of times. Um, let me ask you something, JP, people may not ask that I think you have a greater insight to than many. I think that a visual, like independent person might come to you and you're a Vixen and say, hey, listen, I don't have a lot of money. I value what Vixen could do. I value what Rain Agency could do, right? There's other, so this is a kind of a question for agencies. And they say, I don't have yeah. a lot of money. I have five years. I have $10,000 or, or some very small to do strategy where you have a global thousand company a fortune 500 company come to you and say now this would be wonderful if they did hey we have a seven figure strategy just to figure out what we're going to do for voice can you talk a bit about how your agency and agencies like rain might approach a very bootstrapped strategy and why people even if they have a limited budget to still consider reaching out to you to have your team provide the strength of your intelligence and skills and knowledge and experience in their strategy and how you would treat a bootstrap very small timed strategy and how you would treat differently an incredible opportunity where a big corporation comes and says hey we are ready to invest heavy in the strategy and innovation and ideation yeah. before we even get to building. Can you talk about those two elements of paid strategy with an agency like Vixen or any of the other wonderful agencies in our industry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the root cause is still ultimately the same, right? No matter how much money you've got to throw at something. Yeah, you know, with more money, you can do more research. With more money, you can do more testing, you can build more things, and you can tackle more of the, the problems that people want solving for your business. But it all still comes back to understanding who consumers are, what they want, what their daily routines, habits, and rituals look like, and where voice as a technology and conversation is the most appropriate way of getting that done. Right. So if you're a small company, there are loads of resources out there you can go look at. You can go, you can go read the same, same research I just mentioned as, as the big guys. So that can get you started. 
Um, you can also go and use some of the free tools that we've contributed to over the past six months provided by our, our partners at Amazon and Google, things like go watch the Google Talks, you know, the Voice Talk series, go uh, engage and download the Amazon Alexa curriculum, which our team contributed to earlier in the year with case studies and examples. So you can get started with, with no money um, and, and just your own time. But I think the big thing that we um, see when we're working with larger companies and those that are starting their journey, maybe they're not you know, dropping a five or six figure budget on a strategy piece, maybe they're still starting smaller than that, is still to understand who are your customers and consumers. And if you've got data points to work with, then that's a great place to start. Look at your search results. Go use free tools like the Google Keyword Tool to understand what types of long tail, who, what, where, when, why type questions people are asking and where you might have content that can serve those things because that still is the root cause, right? That regardless of how big your business is, um, you know, voice search results right now is still pretty much a democracy. It's about who got there first, early, and optimized. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of opportunities still uh, there and a lot of headroom um, in that wide and vast array of different queries that people can be asking their assistants. So we would so always suggest, no matter how big or small you are, start with understanding what consumers want. Get a real developed persona of who it is you're trying to solve the problem for, and then start small. Start optimizing your content. Maybe build a, a custom uh, you know, Alexa skill using a, a, a blueprint, for example. Maybe uh, talk to Terry about how to do a flash briefing, you know, the, the king of the flash briefing. Uh, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, like those those places, you can still start and get started. Uh, yeah, go go use Attention Live, right, and start creating podcast content and make sure that that's you know kind of optimized. Like there are there are lots of ways in um, to this market, and often the barriers to entry are so much smaller and so much lower than they have been in the past. Of even things like you know mobile, you had to hire a bunch of developers and build an app. That's hard work. Social, it was basically a numbers game from the beginning. You've either got to be very lucky or you've got to have a lot of money to kind of break through. Voice is is not like that. Um, you know, if you know what people are asking and you can make the content that answers it, you, you can do that. Um, and just because you've got more money doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a better answer. So I think, you know, that's what we would always advise people is build something that's helpful and think about all those different ways I mentioned before, search results, content optimization, and then building apps as the, as the different ways of answering that problem. Wonderful. There's so much good content. There's so many little nuggets that you've left here for people to, that are watching here to, to help them get started and create really, really valuable content. So thanks for that. Uh, JP, I want to be respectful of your time. Let's, I want to finish with one more question that I'm asking everybody. And yeah. that is um, really, really uh, fortunate to have you joining us for the Voice Den party on, on Saturday. For you, it'll be Sunday morning, I believe. That's commitment right yeah. there, first of all. The last be... time it was about 2 a.m., I think. <laughs> the sun might be 1, I'm not sure. You have to get yeah. your sleep during the day so that you're yeah. wide and awake and got your got your drink there with you. Anyway, my question to you is, as you know, the format is people get to ask questions of you, of the guests. What kind of questions would you like to get from the audience? What, what's kind of your sweet spot? What would you love to talk about and be able to provide some value? I, I'd love to know, I suppose, like what is the the thing that stops people starting in this industry. <laughs> because the, the thing that we come up against all the time is that, you know, I think the big thing that hampers these types of innovations taking hold um, is either a lack of commitment, a lack of courage, <laughs> or complexity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are usually the things that get in the way, right? Either people aren't courageous enough because they can't just take a leap, Either they aren't committed enough to see it through when it doesn't work the first time, <laughs> or 
they overcomplicate things. They make it too complex too early on. So I want to know, like, if you've not started yet, why? <laughs> That's an interesting um, discussion. I think yeah. the more we understand that, then the better we can, you know, kind of help build answers for people and build those strategies for people that will actually make it work. Great, great, wonderful. Well, JP, again, thanks so much. Where can people go to follow you, to learn more about what you're doing, all the great work that you're, you're doing, and all the resources that you have put out for, for the yeah. voice industry? Uh, well, you can find everything to do with Vix and uh, the commerce report and everything we do there, as well as also our Voice Masters 101 course that we do with our partners over at Pragmatic, uh, Scott and Susan Westwater, they're friends of all of us. Um, you can find all that information at vixenlabs.co. Uh, and for me personally, I'm just James Poulter pretty much everywhere on the web. You can find me on all, the, all of the socials. <laughs> and... and um, you know, you can pester me there and I might respond at some point, depending on what time of the night it is that Terry's got me up for a show. He'll respond as long as it's not at like 2 a.m. He'll respond. And actually, if it's this yeah. Saturday at 2 a.m., he might respond as well. Who knows? I might. So. That would be a great time to get some attention. <laughs> That's right. Well, you could hear that uh, we were joking about uh, the fact that uh, James is on the other side of the world uh, from me. And when we had the Voice Den party, uh, he was uh, going to be asked to be up in the middle of the night. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. As you can hear, there's lots of great content in there. Uh, definitely check out that voice commerce report. As always, we will have the uh, the show notes on the website at voiceincanada.ca slash podcast. Um, and uh, do reach out to James. He really is uh, a knowledgeable guy and he's really friendly and he, I know that he would only be too happy to, to help you out with your uh, voice questions. Quick reminder again, next week, April 21st, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, The Voice Den, Session 12. Uh, and then that is followed at 6 p.m. by the Voice Den After Party. We've got a whole bunch of surprises for you, and I hope that you will join us there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and to get to experience something pretty new and pretty innovative as well. Uh, again, shout out to Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant for their generous sponsorship. All right, that concludes our episode for this week. Uh, please feel free to share, subscribe, like, comment, all those great things that you can do. Uh, the biggest uh, compliment that you can do is just share this podcast out with someone else. So thanks very much for your support, and uh, I will talk to you again next week. Take care.